Bunker Hall is a project with many names. There's its official name, dedicated to the dorm project's 97-year-old billionaire designer and financier Charles Munger. Then there's Dormzilla, coined by the Santa Barbara Independent last year when the dorm plans started getting public attention. If you ask UCSB Chancellor Henry Yang, the building is, quote, inspired and revolutionary. On the flip side, a longtime consulting architect at UC Santa Barbara who quit in protest over the proposed dorm called it a, quote, social and psychological experiment. Opinions on it may vary, but one thing is for sure. UCSB is committed to making Charles Munger's vision a reality. The university has been working on a full-scale physical mock-up of one of the building's residence floors for six years now. And last week, I finally got the opportunity to check it out. I give you my spiel. So this started out to be an 11-story building. It's now a nine-story building. So we're picking up two floors. So here's Mesa Road. Gene Lucas was my tour guide for the day. He served as UCSB's executive vice chancellor for 11 years and retired back in 2013. He came back to campus to help with the Munger Hall project at Chancellor Yang's request, but it took some convincing. Yeah, I looked at the drawings and when the chancellor asked me to do this project, I said, oh, I don't think so, Henry, I really don't like it at all. He said, well, go see the mock-up. So I came over here expecting to see a little table-scale model of Munger Hall and I walked into this and I went, oh my gosh, it's actually pretty nice. And, uh, and then the more I've worked with it, the more I've liked it. So when I, when I came in and walked in here and looked at it, I thought, well, man, this is nicer than the room I had in San Miguel when I was an undergraduate here. So the mock-up, then, is partially an attempt to dissuade skeptics by giving them a tangible idea of what to expect from Munger Hall. For those of you who haven't been able to secure a spot on a tour yourselves or aren't all that interested in driving out to Goleta to check it out, Join me on mine for the next 10 minutes or so, and decide for yourselves if it at all changes your notion of the project. So we started in a makeshift lobby, furnished with poster boards displaying detailed floor plans of the building. Floors two through eight are all residential, and they're comprised of these units that are called houses. So the house itself has also a hallway called the gallery. And on either side of that house, of the house's gallery, are suites, and there's eight of them. And each suite has eight bedrooms and two bathrooms. So the magic number is eight. Eight houses per floor, eight suites per house, eight bedrooms per suite. At the end of that long gallery that Lucas just described, which, to reiterate, is the main dorm hallway, lined with suites that contain eight bedrooms each, there's something he called a great room, as well as a kitchen and other communal spaces. Sounds a bit confusing, I know which is why we stopped talking about it and started walking through it instead. Okay, here we go. Off on our great adventure. So there's, you'll see doors on either side that represents entries into the suites. So here, here would be two suites, one on each side. The suite that I saw had only five bedrooms and one bathroom with a shower and toilet, but the final plan calls for eight bedrooms and two bathrooms. There were two fridges, a big screen TV, and a central common space with cabinets and shared furniture. We mock up of a bedroom that is full dimensions. And that is the famous virtual window. It's an LED panel with a curtain over it, so it has the same spectrum as sunlight, and it actually changes color during the day. So you'll get a sunrise, a day, a sunset, and a night. Students have the opportunity to control the intensity. They have a little dimmer switch in here. So they can dim it or turn it off. So if you want to take a nap after your final exam that you studied all night for you, you can turn off the light and do that. Lucas says that these windows have fueled much of the controversy around the building 
with lots of media outlets alleging the building is built to be entirely windowless. It isn't. There's set to be about a thousand in the building overall, including some in bedrooms and some in common spaces, but not all bedrooms will have a window. And still, these virtual windows have led critics to compare Munger Hall to a cruise ship, which isn't too far off. In an interview with Architectures.net, Charles Munger said that he legitimately modeled the windows off of those used on Disney cruises. It's hard to wrap your head around why someone would choose fabricated windows over real ones, but here is Lucas's explanation. Yeah, the, well, the concept was to get as much living space as possible per square foot of, of, uh, of footprint. And so if you were to put the same number of beds into a, a conventional residence hall, like we have out perhaps at San Joaquin, instead of three acres of land to put 3,500 beds, you would have to ha have 30 acres of land. So the California Coastal Commission has worked on us for a number of years to go up instead of out to preserve as much open space as we could on campus as a whole. So this project is consistent with that. In a nutshell, Lucas is saying that you'd have to have 30 acres of land in order for every room to have a window. And because this project is largely guided by the university's goal to provide 3,500 extra beds as soon as possible, and with pressure from the California Coastal Commission, that's not a compromise they're willing to make. After giving context to the window debacle, Lucas and I meandered over to a communal room a couple doors down from the suite we toured. So this is the game room, and it's just a place for students to go other than their suite and other than the great room. So the emphasis is on single rooms, but enough communal space that students can interact as well, and nobody gets isolated. The room had a virtual window, a large TV, and some couches. The walls were a bleak gray and yellow combination, but Lucas said the colors have not been decided and that the design team is open to feedback. The kitchen was next on the docket, which resembled the kind of chef station you'd see on a competitive cooking show. Think Master Chef or Hell's Kitchen. And it will have an island, it will have four refrigerators, it will have microwaves, it will have um, ovens and cooktops. It's all electric. The only gas in the building is to, uh, is to operate gas dryers in the laundry rooms and a little bit for cooking in the demo kitchen and the bakery downstairs. Connected to the kitchen is what they call the great room, a large dining area made for 63 people. The second floor great room has a balcony with doors, which was the one that I saw in the mock-up, while all the others just have an external wall with windows, a precaution they took to avoid the risk of people jumping from higher floors. The last stop on our tour was the communal laundry room, which Lucas says will have five washers and five dryers, and in his eyes should suffice for all 63 people. To reiterate the visuals here, this house plan, which includes eight suites off of the main hallway of the floor with eight bedrooms in each suite, as well as a game room, a convivial kitchen, a great room, a balcony or external wall with windows, and a laundry room, repeats eight times per floor. I mean, in rough numbers, it's like 500 students per floor. So with seven housing floors in all, that sums up to a whopping 3,500 students across seven floors. This ended the actual walkthrough of the mock-up, though Lucas described the other parts of the building to me with visuals on more styrofoam display boards. The floor plan of the ninth floor is titled, quote, Our Town in the Sky, and resembles something like an outdoor shopping promenade. So this is a one-acre indoor park. It's, it's, in, it's enclosed by a canopy. It's a, a, a plastic material um, called ETFE. It looks like SoFi Stadium down in Los Angeles, if that makes any sense to you, okay? And then uh, on the periphery are a whole bunch of uh, amenities. So there's a, a fitness center here. There's a grab-and-go market and juice bar here. There's a recreation room here. There's a demonstration kitchen. There's a restaurant. There's reading rooms at each of the corners. 
there's a multi-purpose classroom, and there's a bunch of offices for student services. He also explained that there will be 12 elevators, one service elevator, and 10 stairways located in and around the building. After walking through an example of this house and getting a general image of what will reside within the nine-story megadorm, I still couldn't quite comprehend how 3,500 students could fit in the building comfortably. Lucas talked a lot to me about how much communal space was available to students and how that made up for the small bedroom space and lack of windows. But my mind went to those who struggle with socializing and are more prone to isolating. So I asked him. I know there was a lot of um, psychological consideration for being in a room that felt less open to the outside. And a lot of people were saying that because there's windows in the common areas that would kind of socialize people more. Mm -hmm. what is the perspective on that aspect for students that are maybe struggling more with mental health yeah. and with socialization, but also don't feel comfortable in there? So the answer to that is this, this Munger Hall is not for everybody. So it's, a, it's by choice and not by force. And so for most students that have been through here and commented, the amenities uh, in the building offset the fact that they don't have an operable window in their bedroom. Not everybody, but most. Lucas went on to recommend that students who don't feel like Munger Hall would be conducive to them can look at other campus housing options or for a spot in Isla Vista. So we you know we're targeting uh, largely second year students to come here, not first year students. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, because the first year students you know, are learning how to live as well as how to you know, be in a university. Or what? Learning how to live as well as uh, being in a university. So they don't have the life skills that the second year students have. And most second year students now don't live in the, stay in the dormitories, they go live in Isla Vista. So I cook for themselves and all that kind of stuff. So they'll be able to live here at a lower rate than Isla Vista, by a lot, actually. About that lower rate, the final price tag isn't solidified, but Lucas says they're planning to offer Munger Hall housing at 20% below the market rate for an equivalent living setup in Isla Vista. So the equivalent of a single in an apartment, except that apartment probably has windows. Other than the windows, the biggest complaints Lucas has heard are related to ventilation, safety, and security. To that, he explained that there's no recirculated air, that they've modeled an evacuation plan and can get everyone out in under 10 minutes if necessary, and have created stringent keycard access protocols so you can only get off at the elevator at your own floor or on communal floors. So we we have listened to the concerns, but I think the designs, once they're explained to people, uh, make sense and people have accepted that that's a good solution. Lucas told me that he's not the only one who's had his mind drastically changed by the mock-up. So we've had something on the order of 300 students through here, I think, and another couple hundred uh, non-students have been through this building as well. The students are not too different from the non-students that come through here. So the vast majority of people that come through here say that they had a negative attitude about Munger Hall before they came to see the mock-up, and the vast majority say they have a positive attitude or they're neutral about Munger Hall after they've seen the mock-up. So it's actually almost a complete flip in terms of the attitude. So seeing the mock-up has really been helpful to people to understand what this building is going to look like and how it's going to function. While the mock-up may work to change some people's minds, for others it just reaffirms their lack of faith in Munger Hall. UCSB's second-year student, David Sim, is the treasurer for the Isla Vista Community Relations Committee. He toured Munger Hall back in May. I didn't feel I was at home. I felt I was traveling. I felt I was in maybe like a more upstate hotel, maybe like a Hilton, um, just staying there for the night on a business trip. The tour did make David feel neutral to positive about some aspects of the mock-up, like the common spaces, but says that even those features felt more like an aesthetic choice than a practical choice. 
and I don't think they really took into consideration of what the students' needs are. Very much aligned with what Lucas has heard, some of David's top concerns are the bedrooms. The dorms were very similar to Hong Kong style dorms. The very like, what do they call it, the coffin rooms. Um, the width was as wide as the bed, nothing more, nothing less. And the windows. It was a very poor attempt. Um, they changed the color, they changed the uh, fluorescent, the hue, but there's no way to have the same, to give it, to give the same justice as an actual sunset, an actual time of day cycle um, naturally. David says that he would live there, which surprised me given his feedback, but that's only because he hardly spends any time at home other than to sleep. He has what he calls idealistic and practical wishes for what he'd like to see moving forward for this project, if it does move forward. Idealistically, I want to see more space. I want to see more thought and more communication with the students about what their needs are. I want this to feel like a place where students can almost customize um, their living experience. Because, you know, most people, this is their first time away from home. They want to explore, they want to find themselves. I don't want it to be a place where they're institutionalized into society. A place where it's like, oh, this is a hotel for you. Good luck. Definitely bigger beds. A lot bigger beds. But again, he sees this as idealistic, wishful thinking. Practically, I personally see no way of saving it. Um, I see that this was a good attempt. I see what they were trying to go for. But I think it's too far gone to the fact where there's no way of saving it and you have to start over. You have to start over from the ground up with communication with the rest of the student body, with communication with the local um, government, with the zoning committee, with uh, the fire department, to find a better solution and not just try to think of, oh, skyscraper big, can fit many people, put them all inside. Something better than that, something that's more fitting for, you know, Santa Barbara and the IV vibe. Because this is going to be a big, big sore um, to not only just the architecture aesthetic in IV, but also the community aesthetic. As much as students like David might want Munger Hall to go, Lucas and his team are hopeful for its future. He told me that once their environmental impact report gets reviewed by the UC Office of the President, the public will have 40 to 60 days to review it and add their comments. Then, after several more bureaucratic steps, if everything gets approved, Lucas predicts construction will start up as soon as next summer. He foresees a 40-month build period, meaning the massive dorm could be open by fall quarter of 2026. There's so much more to say about Munger Hall, about the motivations for its being built, about efforts being taken to stop the project, and about the likelihood it will actually come into fruition. Have you toured the mock-up? Are you passionate about the project, whether that be for or against it? If so, email news at kcsb.org to share your experiences. That's news at kcsb.org. For KCSB News, I'm Jackie Sedley.